Amen, amen, amen. Well, why don't you go ahead and be seated. Amen, hallelujah. Well, a couple of, uh, I'll do the announcements this morning. Is that okay? You'll let me do the announcements? Any first-time visitors with us this morning, let me encourage you to do something. In the front of your seat, there's a little card. And if you'll fill out that card, you can put it in the white box. And uh, let me just say it this way. If you've been coming and you never got a little surprise uh, first-time visitor bag that we give all of our visitors, uh, it's got some really good, neat stuff in it, some cookies and a book from uh, Brother Hellman. Who's over, he wrote a, a daily devotional called Healing Grace. It's really good. And some of the best doggone cookies. I've said cookies twice. Did I mention that there's cookies in the bag? Anyway, if you if you never received that, we'd love to give that to you and be a blessing. Just uh, see one of the uh, see one of us after church, and we'll we'll get you one. Amen. Uh, there's been some confusion or some misunderstanding. So let me clarify kind of what we've been doing on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights predominantly have been connect groups where we meet in people's homes, and we've had about three or four of them that we've met. Uh, for this year, right now, for this season, everybody say, for this season, how long is that? I don't know. I do know the one who knows, and he'll let us know when it's time. But for right now, especially the month of January, and probably on into February, we're going to keep meeting here on Wednesday nights. There's some things that the Lord is doing and solidifying in us, recasting some vision. It's been really good. Who all was here Wednesday night? Raise your hand. It was good Wednesday night. I mean, I'm not trying to persuade you to come, but I mean, if you weren't here, you really missed out. It was really good Wednesday. No, I just encourage you to come on Wednesday. We've actually been recording it um, for some of, uh, well, Miss Laurel, she's been with the kids, so she hasn't been able to kind of hear us talk about and articulate some of these things. So We're going to talk about vision. We, we're going to be vision casting uh, soon, probably February and uh, just kind of map out everything as the Lord shows. So why don't you stand to your feet. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. That's all the announcements for right now. Hallelujah. So Wednesday night, 7 o'clock is when we meet here. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. Once again, Lord, we thank you for what you've already done. Just lift your hands and just say thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. Lord, we, we, we purpose, we get our hearts uh, in, a, in a place and in a position right now by faith all of us corporately to really hear what it is that you want to say to us this morning we position our hearts get ourselves attentive to listen to what you want to say to us this morning father in the name of jesus i thank you for making my tongue the pen of a ready writer lord i yield to the holy spirit right now in jesus name take your bibles and lift them up let's just say this together this is my bible I will receive all that I need today from this word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And I can have what it says I can have. I am a child of the Most High God. I'm no longer a servant, but I've been called a friend. I am a friend of God. I am blessed. I have more than enough, able to give into every good work. 
For it is Him that gives me the power to obtain the resources so that I may establish His covenant upon the earth. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's say that again. I am fearfully and wonderfully made with a purpose and with a destiny. Now, if you're a guy, you can say good looking, and if you're a woman, you can say I'm pretty. I am good looking. I am rich, blessed, and I am a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, so much of the time we say some of those things and it doesn't feel, and I use that word begrudgingly because I don't like that word, but I use that word because we say, well, we don't, I don't feel anything. Well, it really doesn't matter because when you declare God's word over your life, it has an impact. Now, it may not have the impact to the degree and to the level that we desire it because we've got to... In a sense, uh, there's a collaboration that takes place with the Word of God. There is a, uh, an, uh, um, an agreement. There's a, uh, a joining forces with the Word of God, so to speak, where the Word comes and you grab a hold of it and you say, I am that. But regardless of that, you can still be influenced and affected by the Word of God. How is that possible? Well, Romans 8, verse 16 says this, says the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. There's a, no, there's a whole nother level that you and I, I've been doing this uh, now since, well, even before I went to Rhema, before I went to Bible school, I, I've been ministering and teaching, but I remember when the Lord called me and that was the July 7th, the summer of 1995, when he called me to, 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 the, to the ministry. And I remember preaching and teaching. And I can tell you that from that time, there's, there's always been something, there, there's a higher level that we're to live at that has not predominantly been taught as far as how much other things have been taught. And that's the facts that you and I, we really are spirits. Um, I'm going to talk about these things this morning. It's the direction I sense the Lord wanting to take us. We've been praying and fasting as a church now for a week. Uh, and what I know, we've had some great testimonies. Uh, I was talking with Brother Bill on Tuesday mornings. Uh, we've been meeting here to pray. Last Tuesday, we'll meet here Tuesday again at 7.30 to pray. And then Langston and Inez, y'all still good with Thursday night? What time did you want to do it? 7 or 6.30? 6.30 to whenever, right? Um, and so they've offered that they're actually going to host for those that can't come because of prior you know, work, kids, school, whatever. They're going to take over Thursday nights from 6.30 till 7.38 or whenever the Lord releases y'all, to pray. So we're praying now on Tuesday mornings. We're praying on Wednesday nights because we prayed Wednesday and we taught some. And then we're going to be praying Thursdays. So for the next three weeks, we did it for four weeks, and we're going to see what the Lord where, where, where we go for this, for the direction. 
but for the next three weeks, at least, you know, get engaged. And so we've been talking about prayer and fasting. And it's like the Holy Spirit's been saying to me, if you, you, need, to, you need to teach, you need to talk about the spirit of man so that when I begin to speak to them, they won't be looking to natural man to hear the words. Well, I can't say that. That's not right. I messed that up. So that when they get to the place where they can actually hear, they won't listen with their natural ears. They'll listen with their spirits. Because see, God's, God's always talking. Fasting doesn't make God talk louder. The Spirit Himself, Romans says, bears witness with our spirit. He's always witnessing with us in everyday life. You remember I talked last week, I think it was last week or was it Wednesday night? I can't remember, they run together. You ever been, you ever been going along and you get ready to buy something, do something, say something, and something on the inside of you, and I don't know if he speaks to you like this, but the Holy Spirit on the inside of me goes, Mm-mm. that's the Holy Spirit bearing witness with my spirit that I should or should not do something. But if we haven't taught these things, if we don't understand these things, then when we get to looking to hear from God, we'll get to looking in the wrong places. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You believing with me this morning? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We need to understand how He's going or how He is revealing Himself to us because I don't know about you, but uh, the purpose of, of, of why we're praying and fasting is we're believing God for specific direction and clarity about what the things in our lives individually and corporately. You know, we still owe 300 and uh, some odd thousand dollars on this building. Lord, we need direction. Do you want us to pay this building off continually? Do you want us to pay it off slowly? Do you want us to pay it off quickly? You want us to, what, what, what direction do you want us to go? We're faced right now as a, as a church with, 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 you understand that there are things that we want to do, but we have been, uh, it has been a challenge to do them because of the debt load that is on this church. And the Lord has always taken care of us. But for some reason, this year's the year that I've been pressing in, asking the Lord, what do you want us to do? You ever get tired of making payments? Am I the only one? See, your spirit is inside of you. And when I take this jacket off because I'm hot, this is your flesh. One day you will take your flesh off and you, the real you is going to be there. And it's going to live in one of two places. So my spirit has been, you know, I get tired of seeing us make payments. I, me personally, as far as my vehicles, my, my vehicles, not her vehicle, my vehicle. Her vehicle is, I mean, almost, we're almost paid. We will have no car payment. I'm tired of a car payment. I would rather drive an older car and not have a car payment. But see, you don't have to do that. You and I can drive a new car without a new car payment. Can I get a wit? Somebody ought to, yes, amen. Even if you don't believe it, you ought to say amen and believe it. But as a, as a church, 
we've been making payments on this building. Even when the enemy tried to snatch a rug out from underneath us a few years ago and called the note due and the Lord opened up favor and we got the best interest rate and the lowest payment we've ever had. I'm tired of making payments. And so I've been pressing in. Lord, what do you want us to do? We're fasting and praying. Lord, what do you want us to do? We just got done building our house. Well, we just got done building. We're, we're moved into our house and we're finishing the building process of our home. I'm already, I don't even want to make no more payments. I don't want to pay, I don't, not that I don't want to pay for the thing, but I don't want to pay for the thing monthly. I'd like to put that money in my pocket. I'd like to put that money into the kingdom of God. I'd like to be able to do things for other. How many of you are believing for that? Now that, I'm trying to stir you up so that when you're praying and fasting this next three weeks, that's where you're, you're leaning in. Lord, where do you want us to do? Where are we going? There's a power in the corporate fasting and prayer. So no, we're not praying for God to speak to us. We're fasting, we're praying to buffet ourselves so that we can get into that place where we drowned out everything else in our life and we're hearing what he's already been saying. Are you following? Well, I don't really have anything in my life that I'm asking questions about. Well, then when, you get, when we get done with service, come see me and I'll pray for you. Because I ain't never met anybody. I've never had anyone to say that. Some, there's something we're always stretching. There's something we're always reaching for. And so my point is this. That as we're doing that, he's going to speak to your spirit. Not to your flesh. Not to your mind. Not to your emotions. He's going to deal with you in his spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You ready? Verse 6. No, let's go to verse 1. And I, brethren... When I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now listen to that word, Spirit, demonstration of the Spirit. We're going to come back to that in just a minute. That your faith should not be, you remember we read a while ago, persuaded, that he's trying to persuade us. That word faith literally means that you're persuaded. You say, I have faith in God. That means you are persuaded that God will fill in the blank. Or God has fill in the blank. Or God does fill in the blank. <clears throat> That your faith, that your persuasions should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We don't, I don't want my articulating and the, the level or the degree or the ability at which I have or have or will have to be able to lay out a subject of thought. I do not want your faith to be in my ability. And neither do you. We want it to be in demonstration and power of the Spirit. But then he says this. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the age for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age for knew, for had they known, 
they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Right? Now, verse 13, listen to this. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spirituals. Now, you're a spirit. I'm a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. Our soul is compromised of our mind, comprised of our mind, our will, and our emotions. So your emotions, your mind, and your will, your will. You know what I mean when I say your will. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Your will. Will you do this? I don't want to. That's your will. When I tell my children or you tell your children to do something and they do the opposite, they are exercising their free will until we exercise discipline to bring their will into subjection to our will. Right? We all have a free will. That's the great thing that separates us. That's why the angels say, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is man? They don't understand. They can't comprehend why man was so special and is so special to God. But he knows. He created us with a free will because he didn't want, listen to me, he did not want a machine. He did not want something that would be subject to him just because he is. He wanted a family. That's why he said, let us make man in our own image. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You're a spirit, you live in a body, and you possess a soul. The threefold nature of man is closely similar to the threefold nature of God. The real you, God in you, the real you is your spirit. Then you have your flesh and your body and you have your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind can be sick, but your spirit, the Bible says, can be quickened. It's quickened. It's made alive. It's, he bears witness with our spirit. So when God is revealing things to us, in this season, He's going to be revealing things through our spirit. Are you following me? Through our spirits, not our flesh, through our spirits. So He says, we speak a wisdom that's not man's wisdom, but God. That tells me this. The first thing that this tells me. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but that which the Holy Spirit teaches. That tells me that there are things that you and I will learn that will only come through the Holy Spirit. There are things that you and I will know that will only be taught by the Holy Spirit and not in man's wisdom. You won't understand it. I've prayed for people and prayed for things and didn't understand the dynamics and the biology of that thing, but I had understanding of that thing because the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. Then you find out later in class what it was you prayed and you go, wow, it's like, wow. See, when the Spirit teaches you, you don't have to go to school as long as you do to learn man's wisdom. The Holy Spirit can quicken it to your spirit and you know immediately. That's why the prophetic, come on, Langston and I need to say amen. That's why the prophetic is so powerful because the prophetic will reach in and confirm what the Holy Spirit's already been saying and it's like, 
<laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has already been quickening to your spirit. And so when the prophet, when a prophetic word comes forth, it bears witness with your spirit what the Holy Spirit's already been saying. And we often go, Lord, speak to us. He is. A lot of times when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, I'm going on a side journey, it will come in the first person. What do I mean? It'll be like, I don't know, I just sense that I need to do this. I sense this is the direction I need to go. The Holy Spirit said unto Barnabas, uh, unto the elders, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. So there are times in your life when the Holy Spirit will say those things. You'll hear a word. There's been two, maybe three times, but I know for sure two specific times in my life where the Holy Spirit spoke up so loud on the inside of me where it was like, did y'all hear that? But predominantly, Everybody say predominantly. Most of the time, the Holy Spirit will lead me and lead us with the inward witness, with the sense that I should do something. First Thessalonians 5.23 said, May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord. Hebrews 4.12 says this. Now this is how you'll know that when God is moving you in a direction that it bears witness with your spirit because the spirit and the word always agree. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful mm. and sharper than any two-edged sword. That's why people don't like coming to church when they're doing stuff they don't need to be doing. And that's why they don't read their Bible. Because the sword will cut you like a, like a scalpel in the surgical room will cut you. Not to harm you, but to help you. Thank God surgeons don't use machetes. Or butter knives. Boy, that would hurt. Well, they have anesthesia. Yeah, but you would not heal up as good with a butter knife as you would a scalpel. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division. Ready? Soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow. And is the discerner of what? Guess what? The thoughts and the intents of the heart. The real you. You know your heart can be wrong and your spirit can be right. In other words, you can be born again going to heaven, loving Jesus, on fire, and somebody says something to you and your heart gets angry towards them. And it doesn't mean that you've lost your salvation, but it does mean that your heart is not right towards that area. Whoever it was that I was talking about earlier about laying that thing down, the Lord's been, the Holy Spirit has been bearing witness with your spirit that y'all need to get this right. Y'all being your flesh and your will. You can still be born. You can be born again. You can be tongue-talking, faith-preaching, driving, flying all over the world, and your heart be wrong. You follow me? That's why this word is so important because it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. She read that verse, and that verse, through that verse, becomes a sword now where it separates. And that word was, stop looking and judging what somebody else does. Pay attention to what you're doing. 
that's a bam. That's when the word comes in and it cuts us. It cut me. She read that and I go, man, how many times have I looked at somebody and made a judgment about what they did or what they said or how they do with whatever rather than looking at my own. I mean, it's, it is rampant. And so the Holy Spirit, the Word of God comes in and He cuts us. First John chapter 2, verse 27 says, But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. Everybody say, abides in me. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. There's an, there is a teaching. Come on now. There is a teaching that comes from the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 12, verse 12 says, The Holy Spirit will teach you in that very moment what you ought to say. Jesus, talking to... He said that in that time when you are brought before the judges and the magistrates, He said, don't worry about it. At that moment, the Holy Spirit will teach you what to say. That's powerful. Now, let me tell you what else this tells me. This tells me that the way that you and I understand and comprehending, comprehend teaching in the natural is not the same that is the teaching in the Spirit. What do I mean? I mean... You and I have to exercise thought and discipline and exercise and memorize and study to comprehend worldly knowledge. But the Spirit is only looking for a willing vessel. He is only looking for someone willing. So this is what I wrote down. If the Spirit is going to teach us things, then we must give Him place to teach us and we must give Him time. Listen, I, I'm, I'm praying more now in the Spirit. I'm listening more now. I'm pressing in more than I ever have in my life. Not because I'm trying to get God to do something, but because I believe that He's already been saying, and I want to press in more. And it's tough. When you make that decision, it's tough. Because you can ask her, I mean, you've got all kind of distractions that come out of everywhere and everything you can think of to try to steal your time away from him. That's why I like to go to the bathroom. Any other guy in here like that? Why? Because you can quiet. Ain't nobody going to come mess with you when you're in the bathroom. They may mess with the mamas, but they don't mess with the daddies. Mama, where's daddy? He's in the bathroom. Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> danger, danger. <laughs> Time with the Lord. Listen, get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Your babies ain't going to bother you then. Stay up later sometimes. Your husband or your wife may bother you, but, but that was not really a bother, right? Some of y'all caught that. Some of you didn't. It's all right. But my point is that I'm convinced that God and the Holy Spirit is constantly wanting to flow revelation out of us because it says out of your belly shall flow rivers of out of your heart flow the issues of life these issues and these things that we're looking for will come out of us but we need to give it place and time you gotta write it down you gotta get quiet before the Lord when's the last time 
you got quiet before the Lord, opened your journal, set your pen right there, opened your Bible, and just said, Lord, I'm going to commit that for the next hour, I'm going to pray and read your word. And I don't care if you start in Genesis. If you're hope, and I promise you, I guarantee you, I told you to do it. Do it to such a degree. If your heart is in it, don't do it because I told you to do it. Do it because I told you to do it, and now your heart wants to do it. Do it, and I promise you, when you get done, you'll, the hour will go by like that, and you'll be like, I got to go. I got to do this again tomorrow, or tonight, or later this afternoon, or on my lunch break. Insight. He's going to teach us things. John 14, I won't turn there. John 14, verse 16 and 26 is when Jesus prayed. He said, I pray the Father and he will give you another helper. That's powerful. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things. Holy Spirit, I don't remember where I put my car keys. <laughs> the Holy Spirit knows. Oh, that is so just carnal, Pastor. No, it's not. That is very important listen he is speaking but we're not listening we're not because we have so many other demands on our time and demands on our attention that we're not listening and if you and I will listen more mm, he'll answer things in your life this is what I heard the spirit just say I'll say that Lord if you will ask, if you will press in, he will answer things in your life that you've been asking for 25 years. 20 or 25. Or both. A long time. You've been asking a long time. Some of you have been asking longer than that. He will show you. But it's not going to come... And it's not about you working. I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about heart. I'm talking about effort. There is an effort in the kingdom of God, but it's not the effort that you and I think of. There is a works that is involved with us, but it's not the same works mentality that we've been taught. It is a pressing in of you and me pressing in to what he's already freely given us. That's like sitting at a, bu that's like sitting at a restaurant. No, that's like sitting in somebody's house. You come over to eat with us. My wife is going to lay out the food, and then she will encourage you go and partake. And if you leave hungry, it's your own fault. But that's like you come into our house, and we prepare you to smell it in the air. I mean, it's just, mmm, it's so good. You smell, you already taste it. You ain't even, it's just so good. And she says, well, go ahead, go fix your plate. And you go, no, I'm, I ain't going to do that. Bless God, I ain't working. It's by grace. You see what I'm saying? No, that's not work. That's partaking. Work is cooking it. You didn't have to cook it. Work is cleaning. You didn't have to clean. I did. Get the table ready. And following the girls around, making sure they're not messing up, getting them involved, clean your rooms, clean the bed, let's get everything. We got guests coming over, glory to God, we're going to make them feel at home. You didn't work. We did. And then when we say partake, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. That work, that's not work, that's partaking. That's, that ain't even really effort. That's just, glory, let's eat. 
And the Spirit of the Lord is saying this morning, eat. Come sit down at the banquet table and I will fill your plate so full. You'll be like, look, I can't take no more. You're going to have to take that chicken away. He will. Number two, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, this is what he says in verse uh, 13. He says, but the natural man, no, I'm sorry, verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Now that gives me some insight. That gives me the in, insight into some things. That tells me that the wisdom that comes out from the Spirit, your flesh is going to contradict at first. And I'll say this, if you've been a fleshly person, I don't mean you're a sinner, listen to what I'm saying. If you've been dominated and dictated by your mind, your will, your emo by your mind and your emotions and your flesh, then this will seem like foolishness to you. Giving 10% to the house of the Lord is foolishness to the world. It is. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to. I can't tell you how many Christians I've talked to where they think they don't understand. I can't afford to put food on my table for my children and you want me to give 10% to God. It's foolishness. Because you're trying to understand it with the natural mind and you're never going to get it with the natural mind. It makes no sense. Because you're, you're, you're fleshly, it's foolishness. But Paul said, these things I speak, I don't speak in man's wisdom. I speak by, the, by the, I've been taught by the Holy Spirit, and they are concerning spiritual things. Ooh, never saw that before. Your money is a reflection of a spiritual thing. Well, what about the natural? The natural activities that you participate in is a result of a spiritual truth that you do not know or you know but you're not operating in. never said that before because everything comes out of the spirit there was nothing that is in existence that God didn't make we read that earlier all things that were made were made by him so the financial system was made by him not the rever I'm not talking about financials um, uh, I'm not talking about like crooked financial things. I'm talking about the financial system itself he made he made the currency. Well, currency is based off of, was based off of gold. He made the gold. Well, gold is made in the ground. He made the ground. Now what? He made everything that we see. And so spiritually, your money, I don't have any dollars on me, but your debit card, your money, the money that this represents has to obey. It has to bow its knee just like everything else. Your body, your flesh, will respond to your spirit every time. That's why doctors now, they found out years ago, years and years ago, when someone's on the table, tell me if I'm wrong, someone's on the table and they die and they start going into cardiac arrest, they start calling them. They start talking to them because they've recognized that there's something deeper in man than just the natural. Your spirit 
will respond. And there's testimonies where people say it's like they've been lifted up in the elevator and they see themselves laying on the table. How is that possible? Because that's not you. That's just the jacket that you wear while you're here on earth. Your spirit is in tune with God. My children's spirit, your children's spirit are in tune with God. And if you'll listen, the Holy Spirit is talking to them all the time. You and I just don't notice it. Powerful. Your natural mind won't understand it. But your spirit will understand it. And things in the natural will respond to the Spirit. That's why he said the Holy Spirit teaches us things. The, the evidence of that is when you and I begin to declare things by the Spirit and things in the natural begin to change. Because they must obey in the natural. There is no choice. That's why Jesus said, Peace, be still. And the wind and the waves were slain in the spirit. That's what T.D. Jake said. Why? Because they still have to abide and live and obey that which they were birthed from. Your financial situation, your uh, healing, your, your natural man, your fleshly man has to respond to the spirit. And that's what he's trying to give us. He also said this, he said, but the natural man does not receive these things because they're foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That tells me that there are things that you and I will need to discern, but we won't, ever be, able, we won't be able to do it in the natural way. We'll only be able to do it by the Spirit. And this is what I wanted to get to and wrap it up. Comparing spiritual things with spirituals. Now, I'm not going to get into the Greek and Hebrew. I'm just going to tell you this. That that word spiritual, things with spiritual, that word spirituals mean anything that having to do with the Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit will teach you and compare this thing in the Spirit to this thing in the Spirit and help you draw a distinction between the two. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, same book, same letter to the same church. Ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, you can strike that word gifts out. It's not in the original manuscript. It's the same word that he uses here. Comparing spiritual things with what? Spirituals. Now concerning spirituals, that's what he literally says. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. The Holy Spirit will teach you about spiritual things. He will. And those spiritual things are things that we need to live and to operate in in this life because things are not always what they seem very rarely are they what they seem, and it's not in the natural. He's trying to get us. He's trying to get us to dislocate from the natural and put our, plug our source into the spiritual to where we understand that the reason why your car won't start has nothing to do with the alternator. It has to do with a spiritual principle. Can you speak to your car and tell it to start? 
Don't tell me. I watched my mama do it. I watched my mama speak over the lawnmower. And we had taken the spark plug out of it because we didn't want to mow grass. And it started. And I could see an angel sitting there holding that thing going, if these boys would just leave that spark plug in, I wouldn't have to do this. I could be doing something else. But the Father God's daughter wants her grass mowed, so I'm going to hold this while they mow the grass. I couldn't understand it. To this day, I still don't understand it. There it was. Mama, it won't start. She goes out there, and it starts right up. What am I saying? What I'm saying is this, that things in the natural are affected by the things in the spirit. And you and I are trying to understand the natural. Forget the natural. Understand the spirit, and the natural will fall in line with the spirit. Because if the natural things were created by the spiritual things, then he will also give you the wisdom in the natural that you need when you got the natural, when you got the spiritual understanding. That's like, well, I'm going to get my car fixed before I take it to Kevin. That's backwards. No, if you would tap into the source and the supply, he will give you wisdom about the natural effects of that source and that supply. The word comparing means to put together. It means to judge. It means to combine. It literally means to compare one thing with another and noting the similarities and the differences. So listen to this. Listen to this one. That he will enlighten you and give you wisdom pertaining to the gifts and anything that has to do with the Spirit. It will be imparted to you. Imparted means the knowledge and the understanding is there, and you don't even understand how it's there, but you understand it. When you begin to walk in your gifting, you don't even understand how you're doing it, but you're doing it. It's like you've always, it becomes instinct rather than intellect. Come on. The Holy Spirit is about instinct. That's why when something happens and you, you know, we'll be driving and somebody pull out, I instantly do, I instinctively do like that. Why do I do that? Because I'm trying to protect my wife, my child, whoever's right there with me. Instinctively you do that. In the Spirit, there are things that you would instinctively do that nobody taught you how to do, but the Holy Spirit would teach you and impart that and give that to you, and you'll just know what to do. you just know. And that's, why, that's why people, that's why we don't walk in it. That's why we have a hard time walking in it because when people ask us what we're doing, we can't explain it. And they say, why are you doing that? And you go, the Lord told me to do it. Because we've made a God out of understanding everything. And we have to understand everything. Why did the Lord call me to do this? Why do you care? Why do I care? Could you imagine what the military would look like if every time a commanding officer gave a command to somebody, they go, well, now why do you want me to do that? I mean, you're on the battlefield. Bullets, grenades, 
drones, everything flying over everywhere. He gives you a command, go. And at that moment, you need to exercise that command and you need to be obedient because if you don't, a moment later, then those guys are going to die. Could you imagine what it would look like if you go, okay, exercise uh, plan B or whatever and let's go ahead and, and launch. And you go, hmm. Now, do you want me to launch now? Are you sure you want me to launch? That gummit, launch the missile. And you're like, mm, I, don't, I don't feel. I don't know. It's just something about I don't understand why you want me to We've made a God out of understanding. I, I was the same way. I want to understand why. I don't have to understand why. If I would just operate in obedience, the understanding will come later. He's looking for us to step into the level of the Spirit that He wants us to. And during this fasting, and listen to me, let me close with this. During this time, He's going to reveal, He's been revealing things to us, and you're not going to understand it here. You may not understand it at all. But in the Spirit, you know, I just, it seems, I was going to go to, to Acts, and I was going to tell you that when Paul went on his second missionary journey, where he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he said he started the journey like this. This is what he said. He said, it seems good to us to go back and visit the churches and to encourage them. That's how the second missionary journey started. By a seeming good. It just seems right. It seems this is the direction. Some of you have been walking in things in your life right now today, last week or whatever, and it doesn't seem right to you to do it. Don't do it. I don't care how good a deal it is. I don't care what, I don't care how much your flesh wants to do it. On the inside, you know there's something scratching you telling you, mm -mm, don't do that, don't do that. You're like, but it looks so good, don't do that. And then there's other of you who the Holy Spirit is prompting to do something and you're, you're, you're scared because you don't want to do it. And you know you should. There's, you don't even know how to explain that you know you should, but you know. Anybody in the room know what I'm talking about? Inez knows what I'm talking about because she's laughing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, but you don't know how to explain it. You know. The Holy Spirit is there. Why not use Him? Why not tap into Him? See, this is something that hadn't been taught. Things in in my life, I can count, I can tell you percentage wise the that that there were there were certain camps, there's certain places that I went that nobody ever taught about this stuff. It was the Lord's will, and if it happens, and you got to understand, you won't understand. You just got to walk through. And I'm telling you, that's not the truth. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He's the Spirit of wisdom. Jesus said, "It is better that I go, because if I don't go, the Helper won't come." He wants to help you. He wants to help you in the situation that we were talking about earlier. Give you direction. Give you specific insight. How, what, when, what, everything else. He wants to help you in your situation. Stepping out. What should we do? How should we do it? He wants and is. Are we stepping out? Well, what if I step out and miss it? I would rather step out and miss it than not step out at all. See, none of them other knuckleheads in the boat got in the book. Just Peter. They didn't. 
What is it that he's, what is it that he's doing? He's prompting something. What is it? Listen to it. Be sensitive to it. How do you know it's the Lord? Because it won't leave. You wake up in the morning, it's like my dog saying, he's right there. You come home, and he's right there. You hear something barking? It's him. He won't leave. And it won't leave. The Holy Spirit will teach it, and the Holy Spirit will confirm it in his word. Stand to your feet. Just so you don't leave here thinking some things, let me, let me read just a couple of things to you and then we'll pray. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 all talks about spiritual things. Yes, even love. The love chapter is about a spiritual thing. Because none of this works without love. Ephesians 5 tells us to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. How many of you raise your hand if you've ever heard a pastor or a minister or a message about spiritual songs, raise your hand. Okay, five of you. Six of you. But there it is in the Bible. Spiritual songs. Well, I thought all songs were spiritual. Colossians 1.9, For this reason, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and guess for it, wait for it, and spiritual understanding wisdom and spiritual understanding are two different things anybody ever heard that talk spiritual and wisdom are two different things Colossians 3 let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns there it is again and spiritual songs Romans seven fourteen. for we know that the law is spiritual the law is not bad, but it pertains to the mind and is according to the spirit. So in order to understand the law, that's why Paul said in Romans to understand it, the law wasn't given. It was given not because we couldn't fulfill it, but because it pointed us to the one who did fulfill it. You can't understand that without the spirit of God. 1 Peter 2.5, you also are living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, last but not least. And all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that flowed, that flowed, that followed them, and that rock was Christ. There's a level in the spirit that we're not tapping into. Or very rarely do we tap into. There's a level. There is a realm that he wants us to... Stay with me. If you want it and you desire it, he will give you more understanding than you've ever imagined because that's what his desire is anyway, but you and I have got to give him place and give him time. And he wants to show us some spiritual things and compare these things, but we got to give him time. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you time and place to teach us these things. Lord, help us to solidify these things in our spirit. Help us 
to walk in conjunction with the Holy Spirit as He demonstrates and as He shows us these things. And especially, Lord, as we continue the next three weeks with prayer and fasting, that we tap into a level of this spiritual that we've never tapped into before, which is really who we are. In the name of Jesus, we pray and ask. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's been speaking. Just be quiet for a moment and just listen. I don't know who this is for, but he said to tell somebody that I've been waiting on you for a long time. I've been waiting for you to just get still. And now I'm going to reveal some things to you that you've been asking for a long time. Hallelujah. Miss Laurel, why don't you uh, dismiss us and pray for us? children's pastor father we thank you for the word that's been sown today and i just ask in the name of jesus that you would just by the holy spirit breathe on this word in our hearts and in our understanding all week and make it come alive and bring it to our remembrance father and i ask that in the name of jesus that you would give us skill in walking and living by the spirit and hearing by the spirit and first being mindful of the things of the spirit that you would bring it back to our remembrance and cause us to grow in our understanding. Father, I ask that you make it personal to everybody in this room and their lives as they walk up. They get up every morning and go to work and go to school and do what they do, how to be a person of the Spirit. We thank you for this word that's been sown. We just bless you this morning. We just bless every household in this church, in this body. We just speak blessing over their week. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And go release the life of God. Amen. Can I give a couple quick announcements? Just real quick reminder, prayer Tuesday morning at 730, Thursday evening at 630, and offices will be closed tomorrow because of Martin Luther King Day. Be back.